Hey there, you may already know my story from thinking that my life wasn't very valuable or have much purpose to transitioning to the belief that I am valuable and my life was created for a purpose and then starting to finally pursue my biggest dreams. And I have a feeling you might be on a similar path that you're wanting to fully believe in yourself and your quote unquote crazy dreams and have the confidence it takes to audaciously pursue those dreams. So if you're listening right now and thinking, yes, Janelle, that is 100% me, then I have something special for you. You see, I still remember the days where I cared way too much about what other people thought of me and was filled with uncertainty around what I was and wasn't capable of doing with my life. And looking back, I am certain that there is one thing that I wish I had known all this time. I want to share it with you to help you make the transition from caring way too much about other people's opinion of you to becoming a free bird, fully allowing yourself to pursue what you want. So I've created a free resource that lays out the number one thing that's getting in the way of you having that unshakable confidence and how to overcome it. If you're ready to commit to your personal growth and get real honest with yourself, Go to nextlevelconfident.com forward slash confidence muscle and grab this free resource. What's up? You are now listening to the Next Level Confident podcast with Janelle and A. If you are ready to challenge your previous ways of thinking and take action on the bold, purpose-driven life you were created for, you'll want to keep listening. On the show, we will vulnerably discuss finding your purpose in life, strengthening your mindset, building quality relationships, and prioritizing your health. I hope you're as excited as I am. Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Next Level Confident Podcast. My name is Janelle Lene, and today I have with me Nicole Scheffler. Nicole, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Janelle. You're welcome. So you guys, Nicole is a tech diva and she has recently put a body of her work into a collection online to help spark success for women in tech. So by day, she leads the strategy um, for engineering within America's partner organization and has been in tech for over 15 years. And then her after hours, she works to contribute to this collection of podcasts, books, and blogs to help women in tech become more successful. So this includes her award-winning, long-standing Diva Tech Talk podcast, so you can go check that out, and her newly released book with Jack Hanfield, shout out Jack, um, and, and she also is a speaker on this topic as well. So she's a certified success coach, so you guys are in for so much good stuff, as you can already tell, and she's going to be sharing her wisdom with you today. So thank you for being here. Um, while we're talking about it, if you want to go connect with Nicole, you can. You can go to her website, which is techdivasuccess.com, or you can add her on LinkedIn, uh, Nicole with no H, and then Scheffler, which I'm going to spell for you because it's kind of a confusing one, S-C-H-E-F-F-L-E-R. So go add her on LinkedIn. She would love to connect with you. So let's just dive on in here, you guys. Get right to the meat of the content. Uh, Nicole, you told me that you are most passionate about E plus R equals O, the secret of life. And when you first sent me that, I was like, 
I have literally no idea what E plus R equals O is. Um, so can you let me and the listeners in today on your secret? Absolutely. I mean, got to get what you pay for here, people. So I am so excited to share this with you and give you what I think is the secret of life. So everything starts, though, with taking 100% responsibility of your life. Seems simple, but it's so foundational to creating a successful, happy life. It's a core principle that I think everything else is based. So before I get right into the secret, I want to lay this foundation because it's moving you from blaming, complaining, making excuses into consciously creating a life that you desire, that you dream of. Um, I like to say YOLO still, <laughs> you only live once. So I'm a YOLO girl, uh, even <laughs> though it might be from 1990. Uh, but taking 100% responsibility of your results is essential. That means that if something in your life happens to you, you promoted it or you allowed it to happen, or if you created it, then you can uncreate it if it's not working. Uh, and I think I want to take a little sidetrack onto happiness because I was just listening to this like happiness challenge and they talked about how you could be happier. And I just love this so much. And they had like a scale and they were like, all right, you have your positive thoughts and your negative thoughts. And so I have two useful tips that will help everyone be happier just to get out of the gate running. Uh, so the first is building a habit of gratitude. And we hear this all the time. This is really common. I'm sure you've talked about it and it's probably part of your journal uh, that you have out there. So plug at that confidence journal because building a habit of gratitude has to do with journaling that gratitude. It's training your brain to think about what you're grateful for, as well as your strengths and what you're confident in and what you know you embody. But it's really just training your brain to start to think about those things, which can be done with journaling. So that's kind of the first way to do it. So pick up that confidence journal on Janelle's website. There you go. Yes, great plug, Nicole. Ad. Good job. Wow. <laughs> I didn't pay her for that, you guys. This is free. A free plug. <laughs> but it is so important. Whatever it is, your journal, you know, and it's it's journaling your goals as well. Writing down your goals makes you 50% or more successful, even more when you add visioning uh, and manifesting. So the second thing you can do to build that balance and up the positive thinking is to control your overthinking. So this is your self-talk. So you go and do a presentation. Do you leave the presentation and say, oh my gosh, that sucked. I had a booger in my nose. I said something stupid. This person fell asleep. I am never going back again. They hated it. Did I get good? Like you can just overthink any situation. So the other way to bring up the positive is just to control your overthinking. So just in the same way, creating a habit of gratitude is with journaling creating a way to control your overthinking is with meditation. And that's why journaling and meditation are so important because these two things can help eliminate that spiral and allow you to kind of work out your brain so that instead of thinking overthinking, you're, you're silent or you're focusing on the, the nature around you or the beauty of your spirit or whatever meditation you're in the powerful um, mama I'm pregnant. So I'm, you know, doing a lot of meditations on that. Uh, so, and thinking, you know, what did I learn from the situation? Cause it is okay to like take a presentation and say, what did I learn? 
I should have introduced myself at the beginning or I should have done this. That's fine. That's human nature, but controlling the overthinking to shift to happiness. So that's the first portion of that. I love that. Okay. Wait, I'm going <laughs> to say something really fast. Cause I went yes. to yoga this morning and I was literally, I was catching my thoughts. And I think that's a big part of this is learning to train yourself to think about what you're thinking about, if that makes sense. So, you know, I'm in this pose and I realize I'm thinking about my, my leg hairs. Like I haven't shaved in a while. And I'm like, Oh gosh, I'm like those leg hairs though. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm in pain. And I'm like, I realized in that moment that I was looking for a lot of little negative things, like all the, the lack and all the things I wasn't happy with, but I was literally doing yoga overlooking the ocean in San Diego in the middle of a work day. And I own my own business. Like there's just so many things to be grateful for. And so it, for me, it's like, I can naturally say, oh, of course I'm grateful for life. Of course I'm positive. But as I've been peeling back the layers more and more lately and asking myself, how am I choosing to think in every moment? Like if my, if my house is messier than I want it to be, are you, am I just looking for everything that's out of place? Or am I looking for some of the things that are in the right place? Or when I'm in that stretch, am I thinking about the sunshine and the ocean? Or am I thinking about my leg hairs and my pain and my uncomfortability and meh. and I find yes. that unfortunately a lot of times my brain goes to these like just looking for what's wrong you know and and that's something I'm working on is being like okay you're looking for what's wrong right now stop that and move on to finding what's right in this moment so I just want to throw that in there because I love everything you're saying so far keep going so that's all what I'm talking about you own that you took responsibility no one can change those thoughts but you. So you took responsibility to say, I am going to not worry about my leg hair and focus on this gratitude. So that's where it starts. Now we'll start to get into the secret a little bit for you guys, which is ironic because a lot of what I study is about the secret. That's a separate episode, <laughs> but important <laughs> if you haven't seen it. Um, so you are creating your own life experiences. You're creating your own success, the quality of your relationships, your health by your thoughts and beliefs. And beliefs are no more than thoughts that you've conditioned yourself to think over and over. Back to the positive on that, right? The visual images that you focus on, both internally and externally. You talked about the beautiful beach earlier. What a beautiful visual image. We can all kind of be with you there um, in yoga at the beach. <laughs> the resulting emotions that they create and all of your actions, you have total control over all those things. Uh, you own that. So we have personal responsibility to empower ourselves. Um, and therefore, if we remove self-judgment, self-blame, you can focus your attention on understanding yourself, perhaps building your confidence, and the range of choices for every situation. Like every situation, you have these choices. I'm doing yoga. Do I focus on my leg hair? Or do I get in the moment? Do I see the white light coming out of my head? Do I calm my mind um, to make educated, intentional choices? So when your choices don't result in getting the things that you wanted, the way that you wanted them, you can look to understand what happened and what action can you take next time rather than looking at a circumstance to blame. So this is the secret to life. This is E plus R equals O. Event plus the response equals the outcome. All right. 
and we'll say how it gets to the secret in a minute, but every outcome that you experience in life is a result of how you've responded. The R is what we control, the response. You can't really control the events that happen to you. Um, my example is someone pulls out in front of you in the road. There's two responses. <laughs> My mom may listen to this, but she's the one who's like, bah, 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 you know, so mad when someone pulls in front of her in the road and that's her response. But her outcome then, if I called her at that moment, is she going to be happy or pissed off? Mm -hmm. If that's the first thing of her day, is she going to start her day happy or it's just going to make her adrenaline go up and make her, you know, anger response happen? Or for me, <laughs> I'm the opposite. Someone pulls in front of me, that event happens. And I'm like, peace, go ahead. You know, I'm like the waver. I'm not the flicker off. I'm like the, like overly happy when people are like <laughs> pulling in front of me. But my outcome is, hey, I've paid it forward. I'm in no rush. Clearly you are. Go ahead. You didn't mm. see me. Life happens. Move on. Two different outcomes. So you can take two choices whenever an event happens to you. You can, like the outcome, right? You can blame the event for the lack of your results. Um, in other words, you can blame the person's an idiot driver, or you in a situation can blame the economy, the weather, uh, bias, your spouse. You can blame anyone else, why you're late, why you didn't deliver, why you couldn't show up the way you wanted to show up. There are so many factors that can contribute to that outcome, but if, we're, if they were deciding factors, no one would ever succeed. For every reason why something is not possible, there are hundreds of people who have faced those same circumstances and have succeeded. So it's just like for everything that happens that you think could, the outcome could not have been good, there are people that take terrifying events in their lives and make it positive. You've heard these stories. I do not personally have some like amazing overcoming, falling off a cliff or a car wreck or anything like that but I hear it and I see it and I respect it. And that's the difference of playing a victim of complaining and blaming and saying, Hey, I've learned this and I want to inspire people that you can do all this with no legs or, you know, Helen Keller. Amazing, right? No vision. Look what she did to break boundaries. So what it is, is the secret. And this is it, right? And this is a very spreadsheety. I'm a very big nerd, as she said. So yes. if you have columns and you're putting like every one of these events, you're logging into like an Excel spreadsheet. So you have your event. Someone drove in front of me. You have your result. I was pissed off. And then you have your outcome. Pissed off for the day. <laughs> Those outcomes are your life experience. So if you were to sum those outcomes and do, you know, equal sum total, that's your life experience. Will every outcome be perfect? Will you say the right thing? Will some people just piss you off and your response could be negative or you just think you're responding well and it just doesn't go like you think with a friend or family member? Sure. But is the net of those outcomes what you want your life to be? Uh, and that's why I kind of say it's the secret of life because Jack Canfield put these principles out there. Uh, and for me, when I think about it, it's like kind of verklempt, um, you know, emotional because I just think we have so much control of these responses, which are key to creating these outcomes, which is the secret of life. <laughs> yes, that's so good. And it's so true because it's easy to just have gut responses. Like we just respond, you know, it's, it's not like a thought process. It's like 
I just respond how I feel most like responding. And what I love what you're talking about is like the intentionality behind how am I responding to these things that I couldn't control, but I could have a different response if I wanted to. And that's so key. I wish people would do that more on Facebook. So those of you out there listening, if you see a post, instead of just responding, think about how you're responding. Like, is it kind? Is it fair? Is it based on real information? <laughs> but there are three responses that you have control over. Uh, when you look at that response, what can we really control? You can control your behavior. How do you act? How do you, you know, how do you show up, right? The person's pulling in front of you, are you flipping them the bird and mad, mad and road raging? You know, your behavior, your thoughts, which could include self-talk right? And, and your beliefs, like, God, people are such sucky drivers around here. Like, or, oh man, we just need to create a kinder world. This is a great way we could do it. And then the visual imagery. So we, we do control those and we could play a little game. You want to play Janelle? Yes. I love games. Would you like to play a game? Wow. This is impromptu. You guys, I don't even know what's about to happen. Let's do okay. this. So we're going to see how this formula can make other people feel and it feel bad. So for example, I tell you, Janelle, you have neon purple hair. Would that make you feel bad? Would that make you feel bad? Not really. Cause I'd be like, girl, are you blind? Cause I'm pretty sure I got myself a top knot right now and it's brown. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you're saying it wouldn't hurt you because you know, you don't have purple hair. So it's not what I say to you that affects you. It's not, you had purple hair. It's what you believe to be true about your hair and that conditions your response. So what if I said to you, Janelle, you are a mean, selfless, selfish, cruel, horrible person. Would that hurt you? No, because it's also not true. And I'd be like, huh, I'm sorry that you feel like that. <laughs> exactly. And you proved my point, right? So that would only hurt you. If you had a doubt that you were maybe mean or selfish or cruel, like it would only be clear that you're so loving and warm and generous that you're not hurt because you're confident in who you are, because you have been owning and taking responsibility of yourself and you have done the work. So it won't hurt you. But anytime someone says something about you, that event that makes you feel hurt, it's because at some level you doubt that of yourself. And that doubt wasn't about me saying it. It was that someone brought it out in you. So it's again, like doing the work. That's what this podcast is here for. That's what I do for women in tech is try to help them do the work to be the best they can be. But it just shows you like, it's not always the event. It's how you process it against your known truths of yourself. Yeah, I love that. And for me, something I always used to struggle with believing was thinking that I was stupid. And there's kind of a lot of, a lot of reasons that I believed that. Some of it was just because my older brother was the smarter one. So I always felt like I was um, inferior to him. And then some of it was because I was homeschooled. And when I went to public school, I felt like I was the only kid who didn't know like the street smart stuff, you know, the, the more inappropriate things. So I didn't feel like I knew either side. I was like, well, I'm not that smart in school. And I'm also not that smart within like street smart things. So I must be stupid. And, um, and so what I did for a lot of my life was I was 
always looking for ways to confirm that. So if someone made a little comment about like, kind of like what you're just saying, they'd be like, um, you know, it's not, I, I don't, no one, I don't think ever just said like, Janelle, you're stupid. It wasn't ever quite that like direct, but it might be like an eye roll or like a, okay, let me explain this to you again, Janelle or something. And I'm like, oh, she has to explain it again. I, I must be stupid. And like, I'm slow or I'm not very quick at figuring things out. Those were the stories I was telling myself. And, um, I always talk about, it's like confirmation bias when you are um, shopping for a, a certain car and you're always like, say you go and test drive a car. Like I test drove a Tesla recently and then white Tesla. Yes. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah. Did I share this? Apparently I already I talked just... about this on, on a different <laughs> podcast. So here we are. But, um, it's like you start to look for that over and over and over again, like the white Tesla. You're like, oh, there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is. And the same with me for the longest time with the the stupid thing. I was always looking for ways to confirm that I was stupid. So I would believe it when people would make comments. But just like you're saying, Nicole, I love the the hair comment. It's like, if someone says something about my green hair, I'm like, okay, that's random. I don't know. Like that means nothing to me. And that's how it should feel when people make those comments about us. So I think that that's, that was really well said. Um, okay. And it so gives you areas, it gives you areas you can work on. So if yeah. something hurts you, then you might be able to say, gosh, I really need to build my confidence around things that I am smart, things that I do know. So I think you've done that work and kudos to you for, for being a little vulnerable and sharing that about yourself. Because I think that example allows people to say, I, I am worth it. Like if something hurts you, ask yourself, why did that hurt me? So your own response could be your own thoughts. So mm -hmm. I'm just showing you, it's not always this pull in front of you thing. It could be internal work. Like yeah. if the outcome is hurt, like you weren't hurt because you weren't faced because it wasn't true. So your response was, I know my truth. That isn't true. But if your response is, oh, I'm kind of hurt by that, then you know that you can change that response by building your confidence. Mm, yeah. And by, by figuring out the truth behind yes. it. So if your limiting belief is that you're stupid, then I think finding the story behind it, like for me, it was helpful to go back and think, well, where did that come from? And just like I briefly shared with you guys where that came from, there were a couple different incidents throughout my childhood that told me that. And so for you, you as a listener, whoever's listening right now, if, if there's something that hurts your feelings when you hear it, then maybe like Nicole just said, turn internally and say, why does that hurt me? And so what is my limiting belief? And then mm -hmm. where did that come from? You know, where, what's, what's the origination from that limiting belief? And then what's the truth? So yeah. Fifty-six percent of college students are women, and forty-eight percent of employees in the workplace are women, which is awesome. Ladies, this is proof that we are smart and working hard. But you know what's not so awesome? Only twenty-nine percent of VPs and just twenty-two percent of C-suite executives are women. In male-dominated industries such as STEM. These numbers are even more startling. As these numbers state, women aren't lacking the knowledge, education, or ability to be leaders in the workplace. What many women are lacking is the confidence to take on risk. Most of us have heard this one before. Men will apply for jobs they are 60% qualified for, yet women will only apply for jobs they are 100% qualified for. This type of stat also applies to women at their job not willing to take on that new, 
unknown project. What she's lacking is the belief that her skills and abilities are not only quote unquote okay, but are powerful and needed in the workplace. The Confidence Workshop is created to help women dig deep into their mindset and get to the root of this problem. If this conversation gets you as fired up as it gets me, we are now taking applications for this workshop for the ladies of STEM corporations. Please head to our website at nextlevelconfident.com to learn more about the Confidence Workshop. Okay, Nicole, so can you give me an example of a time at work where you did not have the best response to an event and then there ended up being a negative outcome? (laughs) You know, these are always the hard questions, right? Um, But I think when I was younger in my career, early in career, I'm a woman in technology. So I worked in a male dominated environment and I would get feedback. So an event would happen, I would have this feedback come to me and I would immediately respond with what happened and why it happened. Well, I did this and I didn't know when I asked this person and then I did this and I took these steps and I got feedback from that situation. The outcome was that Nicole seemed defensive. Nicole couldn't take feedback. So after a few of those, I started to realize that my response, although well-intentioned because I just think I do good work and I have a good heart and good intentions, it was still coming off with an outcome that wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to be proud of my work and I wanted to learn and grow, but yet this was holding me back. So I started to pivot my response from saying, you know, I did this and I contacted this and here's the backing of it by asking open-ended questions. So someone said, hey, this happened. It didn't go right. I said, can you give me an example of when I did that? Can you tell me more about that situation? I want to learn more. What feedback would you have for me to to prevent that in the future? And by asking the questions, instead of just defending myself, which is what I think human nature is, right? Like, well, why did you do this? Well, like the dishwasher wasn't this or, you know, (laughs) whatever the example is, I realized that that was like causing this negative outcome so you have to look at how you, you can respond, how you can own 100% responsibility of that response to shape a better outcome. And I found that as I matured and I realized the importance of feedback and I worked with my mentors, that I was able to ask questions. And that is such a great tip for everyone out there, especially in the career environment. If someone comes to you with an event where you have missed the mark or someone is disappointed with your performance, ask as your response, probing questions. Can you give me an example? Can you tell me when that happened? What about that made that a miss for you? And really take that feedback and process it and you'll get a better outcome. So that was kind of the example I had for that. I love that. Yeah. Not being defensive and instead just being open to feedback and and being curious, like, okay, maybe that is true. How can I do better next time? Like, give me, give me more, give me more, like actually receiving even more feedback, which is tough when you don't really want to hear the feedback. (laughs) So yeah, that's a really good, a really good analogy or a good story. So on the flip side, can you give me an example of a time at work where there was a challenging situation and you were super intentional about your response and the entire outcome shifted because of your choice in how you wanted to respond. Yeah. Again, I think it comes with a little maturity and understanding your audience, but 
um, I'm in a role now at Cisco where I'm an influential leader. So I lead a team, but I really work with a body of senior leaders that I'm not always um, titled the same or sit at the same level in the corporate hierarchy. So sometimes that leads to events where people will tell me, you know, you're not this, you know, I have this much experience. This is what it's going to be. And I think being able to respond with a little bit of mirroring uh, where you kind of take what they say and say, you know, I respect your experience in this field. I want to create the best experience for our organization. Can we work on a compromise to get to where we want to go? That will lead to a better outcome. So I think using a little bit of that, that idea of mirroring so people feel heard. Uh, mirroring is simply uh, when someone says something to you, you say it back in a way where they do feel heard. Uh, you are listening, listening being a key skill. And that response get, gives me better outcome. Also responding from my authentic self and my heart. I think that I by default do this because I very much care and love a lot of people and I don't tend to see the dark side of people. So I think by nature, um, responding with my authentic self, coming from a good place and staying positive helps your response because then your outcome will be fed with love um, and intention and authenticity. And that will allow you to create the best outcomes because again, it's what we control and it's not negative. It's not out of um, hate, bias, disappointment, anger, really trying to let those aside and be compassionate. Mm, I love that. So, and I'm just trying to understand the situation a little bit better, just so, like really practically. Yes. So um, can you explain to me a I guess a little more, like I'm really trying to get in the nitty gritty here, but what exactly is happening at work where the, ch what is the challenge? Well, it could be that we need to do this move with our, we need to make people more technical on our team. Okay. So they want to make a move that I have different feelings or evidence on. Mm -hmm. So instead of just saying that's not the right move, understanding that they have that opinion because of their senior leadership. And you need to like take that and it's almost like a compromise. So you want to respond instead of being again, defensive and say, yeah, I understand that's the direction you want to go. We need to figure out how to get there. So it's like that people at all levels of the organization have great ideas and most of the time, good intentions to move the ball forward. Um, but also everyone at all levels of the organizations are human and they could benefit from listening to other ideas, understanding the data, and understanding, okay, your goal is to achieve this more technical team. So in order to do that, I want to support you, but this is the best way. And responding with maybe not an immediate answer, but maybe collecting the evidence. And that's what I did in this case. I really tried to dig in and say, okay, this is what my leader who's senior wants to accomplish. And they have a good reason for doing that. How can I help respond and help guide the organization with my role and with the data I have so that the outcome can still be uh, what they're desiring, but in a way that the organization can go to? So I don't know. That's kind of like very specific. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. But, I think it's good. I think, so it sounds like you're saying that your leadership maybe has a different idea of how it should go. And yes. you're saying, uh, you know, being the type of person who's willing to hear their 
differing opinion and then figuring out a way to support that opinion, especially if they are your, you know, direct, whether it be a manager or, or whatever, they're your boss. Um, yes. It's supporting their opinion and it's being willing to ask the, the questions, the mirroring, like, like Nicole yes. was saying, for anyone who doesn't know what mirroring is, it's kind of repeating back. Like if someone sounds disappointed, it might be like, sounds like you're really disappointed. Like you're kind of, you're mirroring the emotion that the person is, um, not saying, but that it's coming out. So if they're angry, you know, it sounds like you're angry. And then they're like, yeah, I am angry. And then you'll get more, you know, it's, it's a way of helping people open up and share more when you mirror. Um, my husband loves doing it to me. And he's like, did you see what I just did? I mirrored you. <laughs> oh, like, thank you, Frankie. You mirrored me. So we've been mirroring each other a lot lately, just practicing. Um, but but it's that, that's response is key, right? So we have influence of innovative ideas, of ways to go about achieving the outcome in different ways. So it's how you respond. If you say like, that's the dumbest idea ever, that's not gonna get you anywhere. <laughs> you know, you need to look at, okay, how can we do that in a way that most benefits our people, our organization, and our customers? Mm. So kind of looking at how do you get there and how do you have influential leadership? It's about how you respond to opportunities and things that are happening at all levels of the organization in a positive way with that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling like, especially, I mean, I think E plus R equals O event plus response equals outcome. As a reminder, everyone, I think that can be utilized within work and home life. Um, and so I'm sure different people are going different directions in their mind with this, but I think especially in, in workplaces, um, it seems like it's even more important that you're in control and intentional with that response. And, and I just love everything you're saying, Nicole, about asking more questions, being curious. You're not immediately jumping to like, this is my opinion, or let me tell you how it's done. It's, it sounds like everything you're telling me, it's like, it's this humility and also confidence at the same time where it's like, okay, I hear you and help me, help me understand, help me get clarity in moving this project forward. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So why do you think it's a challenge for us as humans to take full responsibility? What is our natural way of being? Well, it's blaming something else or looking outside themselves. You may have someone in your life I have a few friends, as we probably all do, I know people, who they are never the problem. Never. Ever. Mm. Like, no, it, I didn't do it. I can't believe this is happening to me. No way. And might I add that part of Jack's practice is to make a list of positive friends. And these may be some of the ones that are more negative friends because people that don't want to take responsibility, and this happens when you have a clash in friendship. Like, something happened. Maybe you made a misstep. Maybe you left someone at the bar when you shouldn't have, <laughs> you know, maybe, you know, maybe you should have made the choice to come home to your family instead of go out with girlfriend or whatever it is. You know, I think people like to look at blaming, complaining, or making excuses because it takes the work off of us. It takes the work. We don't have to do the work. Wasn't my fault, you know, mm. but that outcome Again, that R piece is your responsibility. So things happen and it could be that you did mess up with a friend. So what's your response when you know your friend is hurt? 
And this is where you may end friendships. And I've experienced this and it's so sad, but you look back and you say, gosh, you know, I was hurt by A and their response was B. And that just wasn't acceptable. Like they could not see anything but complaining or blaming. And these are the friends that will go to other friends and say, I can't believe so-and-so did this. So I think taking responsibility of your response is so important. And that means quitting, complaining, or blaming. And at the end, I'll give you a little challenge on how we can do that. Ooh, I can't wait. That's awesome. More in store. So, Keep listening. <laughs> re- really quick question. So say there's an event with a friend, cause I'm actually thinking of a specific client who is sharing this with me just a few days ago. And her friend was definitely in the wrong in some comments that were made to my client. And her, uh, response was just kind of like pulling away. What would you say that someone should do if, if a friend is starting to make comments and you're like, ah, maybe we're growing apart. Do you think a person should just kind of allow that to drift or do you think they should confront and, and bring up the problem and see if there's a, like healing that could happen there potentially? Are you ready for my second favorite method? I've got a yeah. lot of letter, lettered methods here. This is my yeah. second favorite one. And this is my go-to for personal and professional. So we have E plus R equals O. We got that. Here's my other one, and you may have heard of it. It's called SIPAB. Have you heard of it? No, I've never heard of it. This is my other favorite one. I can't wait. Okay. So it's S for the situation, C for the complication of the situation, and we'll put it in play for your friend. I for the implication, and then you switch over to to position, to propose an action, and to state the benefit. So the SIPAB model is a way that I see you can frame your response that is friendly to the other person. So the situation is, you know, I really feel like, you know, this relationship is great, but lately, and then you go into the complex, it's a very simple process. Then you go into the complication, but I feel like things have been falling apart because you didn't call me back the other day. I didn't get invited to this. You didn't let me know this was happening in your life. And then there's an implication, an I. The implication is when I feel cut out of your life, I feel like we're continuing to grow apart. So then the person wants to position what they want. So then they would say, look, I, this relationship has been a 10-year relationship and it is worth saving. I love you. I care about you. We've made so many great memories. And that's what sticks out in my head. So you position what you want. Like that's a very positive thing. You position a positive solution. And then you say an action. What I'd like to do is take this party situation that we're dealing with that's causing conflict right now and and apologize and move on. So you're, you're proposing the action of moving on. And then you end with the benefit. And then I hope we could continue to move forward with the old gen that I know, you know, mm-hmm. with the old friendship. So you can use this when someone calls you up and says, um, my uh, boyfriend is, is hurting me. I don't know if I can stay with them. You know, I think some women can uh, affiliate with the call you yeah. get from a girlfriend that says, I think it's over. And you can say, Hey, I know you really love Bob. Um, but you know, the thing is, this isn't healthy for there to be any type of abuse and then implication, if you continue to accept this, it could lead to worse and it's really just not good for you. I'm concerned for you as a friend. So then you position like, I I would love for you to really evaluate if this is something that can stop and you can move forward and this is worth it to you and really think about leaving this relationship. And I think you'll be happier and safer 
being able to move on now and find someone who treats you the way you deserve to be treated. So all of a sudden it's like, yes, you know, like <laughs> the SIPAB method works in anything that you do. Um, I have a blog on this. I can send a link to one yes. that I use, but I've started to use it so much that I am like a SIPAB girl. Uh, but I will definitely have something for your listeners out there to check out, to continue to use this. And oftentimes if, if your client, for example, prepared her talk track, or if they want to write an email or even a text, if they write those things out, the human brain says, this is what's happening. This is why it sucks. This is why it could hurt me. This is what could make it better. This is what I need to do. And this is why it's good for me. Hmm. I love favorite. that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you guys, that'll be linked in the show notes. And yeah, I think writing it out is perfect. I often have like that client. I actually had her write a letter and I said, you can decide if you're actually going to give it or not, because maybe you won't feel comfortable giving it. But at the very least, I want you to write it and then you can decide what you do with it from there. Um, and I think using the format you're telling me about will be yes. um, a really straightforward way for, for anyone, including myself, with confrontation, especially to a loved one, because that type of confrontation is sometimes the most difficult. And I find that most of my clients have a difficult time with all confrontation, um, but especially it seems that loved ones, it, it's hard to confront them because you, you have more to lose, right? If you confront a coworker, yes. you know, it's kind of like, screw you, I don't care. But, <laughs> but if it's your, you know, best friend or your mom or something, you, you love them so much more. So it's easier just to avoid that conflict. So yes. that is awesome. I'm excited to put that in practice myself because that sounds really cool. Okay, cool. So a couple more questions here and then we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Yeah. Um, how would you say um, learning about E plus R equals O has changed your life personally, Nicole? And, and why do you think that everyone listening right now should implement this way of thinking into their personal life? I think it's empowering. I think it allows us to be in control of our life, not the events that happen to us to dictate you know, life is full of challenges. We're having um, a synchronicity of challenge right now with a pandemic and with everything happening in our world. But when um, you take full responsibility, it can change your life and you hold accountability to yourself. Here's a great exercise. Can you take 5% more responsibility to improve your life and well-being? What would it look like to take 5% more responsibility in achieving your goals? Just 5%. Like, People say 1% better each day. I definitely believe that. But I think if you actually write down like overall, if I were to take 5% more responsibility in making my relationships good, what can I do? Mm -hmm. Your confidence. If I could take 5% more responsibility in my confidence, what can I say and do? Well, I'm going to listen to Janelle's podcast every day. <laughs> you know, and I think that's what's life changing is knowing that we are the secret to living our best life. And we own that. So taking responsibility and thinking about this formula will really open your eyes to what happened there. What, what was the trigger? What did I do? And what did that look like? And then you can create that Excel spreadsheet in your head that will give you the best life experience. I feel like I know some listeners um, that listen to the Next Level Confident podcast that are actually probably going to make themselves an Excel spreadsheet of <laughs> the events and then their response and then the outcome. Um, and so if you're thinking about doing that, I think you should do it. It's pretty fun. We love that nerdy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And then how do you think that E plus R equals O can impact a woman's ability to advance her career in the workplace, especially in STEM industries like Cisco? Yes. I mean, for women in tech and Cisco, I speak to many. 
we are different. We have different perspectives. We have different automatic modes of operation. And so your response may be different than how a male, for example, in a male dominated field would respond to it. So you really need to think about what your gut response is and what that person's perspective is and try to understand that, you know, if, if they're, um, a certain say tough guy, you know, do you want to be emotional or do you really need to try to say my response needs to be calm, collected. I need to take a breath. I need to state my fact and move on because crying in front of this person has not worked in the past. They have ridiculed me for being emotional, which is pretty common for women um, because we are emotional beings and getting that best outcome. So I think for women in tech, recognizing that we are not the majority um, and understanding where different people are coming from and just figuring out how to come up with the best response. So I think our, it may be different, but it's still uh, powerful and owning it. So I think it's really important. And I think the women out there making those spreadsheets will find that even the tips in this podcast about being less defensive and shaping your response with SciPav and taking more responsibility will hopefully allow them to be more successful, which is my mission. Yeah, I love that. So good. Okay, cool. And then what about home life? How do you think this way of thinking can help someone's marriage, their friendships, or their relationships? Yeah, this is a really straightforward, quick answer, Janelle. It's exactly what I said before, that SIPAB model and owning your response. If someone didn't put the dishes away, <laughs> you could just complain blame. You did not do the dishes. But again. <laughs> again. And what outcome is that? How does that make them feel? Or you can respond and say, look, I have a lot going on right now at work. I really need you. It would make me feel so much better if you could just put these dishes away and maybe help them, like send them a text, like on my way home, can't wait to enjoy a hug and a clean kitchen. <laughs> Uh, so I think, um, you know, looking at how you respond to things in a marriage, in a friendship, in a relationship, and it's kind of a combination of that ERO and that SIPAB model, because framing it that way, like gets the human mind to understand, here's what's happening. Here's what I need to do. Here's why it's good for me. And when you put it in that way, you don't ramble. You mm -hmm. just say what you need to say, you position what's out there. And if they don't accept it, then you know where they stand and you know, you've done all you can to make things right mm. and to do the right thing and so just in good. love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I find that a lot of times it seems that, um, people can either be on one side or the other where they're either always saying everything, which is the, the area I can be like, I just give all the feet. I'm like, uh, especially like with this marriage, you know, it's like, Frankie, do this, Frankie, do that. I'm like, I just will tell them what I need. I'm like, here it is, here it is. But it can sometimes be a lot. And there are times where I get to learn how to maybe not share so much or not, not, not share so much, but critique is really would be the right word. And, you know, unfortunately I can, because I'm so like growth minded, I can force that on other people in in an unhealthy way. And, um, so something I've been working on lately is knowing when to actually just shut my mouth and not give all the feedback in the world, right? And not be like, can you do this different? Can you like make this better? Can you change this? Can you, you know, constantly requesting and like basically nagging, unfortunately. So that's an area that I've been growing in. And then I find that a lot of women are on the opposite spectrum where they don't bring anything up. So they might be constantly frustrated by these things, but they're 
never wanting to say it out loud because they feel bad or they don't want to rock the boat. And so they don't say anything at all. And then generally they end up bottling it and bottling it and bottling it and then just exploding. Mm-hmm. Then we day. know what happens. Yes. Right. Exactly. We all know what happens then. And so it yeah. is, it's a tough, it's kind of a, I would say a fine line and, and no one's going to be perfect in any of this um, communication with, um, with both coworkers and significant others and friends and all these things. Um, but it is finding that middle ground between um, not being too quiet, not, not trying to overpower. But like you've said, I just, I want to keep coming back to this, like asking more questions being more curious and coming from a place of love and a place of compassion when you do confront or when you do bring up the things that um, you get to bring up to these people in your life. Mm-hmm. That's why that framework, you just said everything that the episode in one example, wow. because you have things that are happening to you. You've taken responsibility for your response. I need to calm down when I tell Frankie that this is pissing me off <laughs> and like try to nag because your outcome has hurt you. And so like he's, not fully, it's not the best (laughs) response or there's some reason that you want to adjust those. And for the women holding back, you know, they're one, they need to put in a little more response and that's owning and taking hundred percent responsibility of that because you own that, but you can fix it and you can make it better. And that's like where your, your sum of your formula starts to raise. It's almost like savings in a bank account. That's why I love the Excel example. When you're spending a little less, you don't get that $200 $200 jacket, which helps because we can only shop online now. So you just block all the websites, <laughs> but you know, you can, you can create that life. That's the secret to life. That's so amazing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So in finishing up, you said that you want to talk about mastering the technology you need. What does that mean? Yes, I could talk a whole episode, so I'll try to be as brief as possible, but I think it is very important as a technologist that we have goals, goals to be more confident, goals to reach a certain level in our career, all of these goals. So there's so much technology out there. There are a lifetime of YouTube videos you can watch on self-improvement. There are books, like everything, like the technology that we need to achieve our goals has never been more fast. So my last piece of advice, a little bit off topic here, but is as you set up goals in your life, whether it's doing a little bit of the work on your response or achieving a fitness goal or achieving these things, you have to take that body of information, which includes brain wasters, Netflix binges, scrolling, wasting your time. This is why people take Facebook breaks. And But you really need to think about when you're indulging in those things, it is okay to watch The Bachelor if it makes you feel good. You know, it is okay to do that. But I find myself that when I, when I look at some of my friends, like habits and what they do, like on TV, like they, well, I watched every episode of Games of Thrones and then we rewatched this and rewatched this. I start to add up the time and I think, gosh, in that time I could have rolled out an entire podcast. So, you know, you really, I just challenge people to really look and, and I hope that you take away that you can live your best life if you really master the technology that you need for those goals. 
You know, you want to be healthy and you want to learn. Great. Take a walk and put in Think and Grow Rich. Take a walk and put in Rachel Hollis. You know, put on these podcasts. Listen to another episode of Janelle's podcast. Listen to Tech Diva Success. You know, listen to these podcasts um, and grow. And I think that that's the takeaway is that we live in a world of technology, a vast amount of information. So as you go to achieve your goals in life, I just challenge you to cut the fat get rid of it. We are going to end up wasting our lives, zombies behind our phone and computers, and we're not going to YOLO anything. We're going to YOLO knowing every character of Games of Thrones, which maybe maybe that's your one indulgence. But if you start doing it across everywhere, if you're turning on the news every day and just watching it, limit yourself. That is not a good way to weigh positive and negative. (laughs) So that's my takeaway on mastering the technology you need. And I'm happy to talk about that more uh, to anyone interested. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I've been listening to the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Have you? Yeah. Um, I'm a big audible person. Like I barely read books because I just listen audible and go on runs or walks or work out or whatever. It's just like you said, and it's like my favorite way to move my body and, um, to be challenging my brain. And something he talks about is called the low information diet. And he said, like, don't put so much information, like there is such thing as too much information. And so, um, instead of, maybe always going from even podcast to podcast, to podcast to book, to book, to book, give yourself time to just reflect. Like yes. it's okay to just listen to some music that's calming. And like, it's okay to actually have nothing at all. No music, no audible, no podcast, no nothing. And just sit with your thoughts and yes. just reflect on your thoughts. And that's actually good too. Um, it's all in balance. Like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, Nicole. So if you could have every listener walk away today with one smart action step after listening, what would it be? I love the complaint challenge. I promise that I would put this out there because if you said, I want everyone to take whenever you're listening to this 30 days from now and set a reminder on your calendar, whatever you want to do, tally on your calendar, set notes. Think about when you complain or blame or make an excuse for something for that outcome. Well, I didn't know that it was her birthday. I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that this was so important. You know, whatever those are, or even just complaining about someone else, like that gets you nowhere. Like, did you see so-and-so? She was so rude. Like, what is that going to achieve? If we want to come out of this better, look at really in 30 days, how many times, and this isn't a watch a million videos, drink a shake for 21 days. I mean, I think we know these habits. It's really just assessing how much are you complaining and blaming? Because when you catch yourself doing it, it's similar to audio training and speaker training. When uh, I used to take a speaking class where every time you said, um, or ah, people would throw something at you. Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) It was awesome and I loved it. Or you would have to pay uh, in the bucket like a dollar for every time you said, I'd be um, screwed uh, or filler word. And let me tell you, it's corrective. So I think if we are able to evaluate where we're not taking 100% responsibility because we are blaming, complaining, or being a victim, moving out of the victim mindset is absolutely key. We can start to make change. Uh, And of course, uh, be the change you want to see in the world and take action on your dreams. Take action. Set those goals. Be more confident and just take action. You are amazing. Everyone has a gift. And um, I'm sending love and light to all of you that you can achieve all your goals with the utmost success and YOLO.
YOLO. I love that. <laughs> Nicole, thank you so much for being on today's show. You are amazing. You're inspirational. Your positivity and your radiance is just incredible. So thank you so much for being here. You guys don't forget to check her out at techdivasuccess.com or you can add her on LinkedIn and it is all linked in the show notes below. So have a great rest of your day, Nicole, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks to now. Have a great day, everybody. Hey there, you may already know my story from thinking that my life wasn't very valuable or have much purpose to transitioning to the belief that I am valuable and my life was created for a purpose and then starting to finally pursue my biggest dreams. And I have a feeling you might be on a similar path that you're wanting to fully believe in yourself and your quote unquote crazy dreams and have the confidence it takes to audaciously pursue those dreams. So if you're listening right now and thinking, yes, Janelle, that is 100% me, then I have something special for you. You see, I still remember the days where I cared way too much about what other people thought of me and was filled with uncertainty around what I was and wasn't capable of doing with my life. And looking back, I am certain that there is one thing that I wish I had known all this time. I want to share it with you to help you make the transition from caring way too much about other people's opinion of you to becoming a free bird, fully allowing yourself to pursue what you want. So I've created a free resource that lays out the number one thing that's getting in the way of you having that unshakable confidence and how to overcome it. If you're ready to commit to your personal growth and get real honest with yourself, go to nextlevelconfident.com forward slash confidence muscle and grab this free resource.